Welcome to Solutions, where men come out of the shadows to testify, giving tips in manhood, honor the codes of integrity, and give out real solutions for soul survival. Today, we have on the show a community advocate, a real hometown hero, a man who stands for family, respect, and legacy, a focused man who's no strangers to goal setting and achieving. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the South Carolina State Representative of House District 113 for Charleston and Dorchester Counties, a member of the Agricultural, Natural Resources and Environmental Affairs Committee and the Legislative Oversight Committee, Mr. Marvin R. Pendarvis, Esquire. <sighs> I appreciate the introduction. <laughs> It's good to be on your show and thank you to your listeners for having me. I hope that we will all come away with some gems that we can use going forward. Absolutely, man. You you ready to drop these gems and answer these questions? Let's get into it, my brother. Okay, here we go. What person did you meet or see that gave you the drive towards the man you are today? Who or what defined you? Ooh, we, I will say, honestly, it's been my mother. My entire life, my mom's a single mother. You know, she's um, a mother of five kids. I'm the only boy, and so having her always pour into me, always encourage me. You know, seeing her struggle gave me the motivation that I needed to go out there and, and be a success. I wanted to be able to have a better life than she had, and be able to do everything that I could to take care of my family. So that was my biggest motivator. So you've seen her actions and the motivation of her struggle. What is some goals or something that she left for you that you still keep with you today? Uh, well, I'll say for me, you know, I remember when I was five, um, I, had, I told her I wanted to be a lawyer. And she would always remind me of that. She'd say, hey, you know, you know she calls me Rashad. She'd say, Rashad, you're going to be, you're going to be a lawyer. You still going to be a lawyer. You still going to be a lawyer. And she would always ask me that. And she would always make sure that, I was sticking to that and I was doing the things that were necessary in order for me to be be a lawyer. And so she knew that that was a dream of mine and she always held me accountable to what I said I was going to do. And that was something that I'm always um, that I've always been grateful for. Pure intentions come pure responsibility. When you're a child, you have nothing, no other judgments of the world clouding you. So when you say something, it's probably as pure and truthful as possible. So she just made sure you stay attentive to your unclouded roots. Shout out to your mom. For sure, for sure. That's, that's Absolutely. my <laughs> So we, we are the, you're this, you're this lawyer now, your representative, this is great stuff. I must ask you, do you have a vision board? I do, I do. In fact, um, my wife and I have been doing vision boards since 2017. Hey. That's when we did our first one together. So we've done them every year, I do. I've always right. believed that, you know, I'm a very, um, I'm a biblical man, a man of Christ. And so I've always believed you got to write the vision and make it plain. And so it's, you know, that the Bible talks about that, being able to write down what our goals and dreams are and be able to, to see those throughout the year and, and manifest those in a way that, um, that uh, we want them to come. Writing the vision and making it plain. If you can give me right now, one of your apex goals that you're currently chasing and one that you achieved off those vision boards? So I will say one was um, that I'm currently chasing was I wanted to assume, um, my, assert myself as a leader amongst leaders in the House of Representatives. That's been a goal that was on my vision board and I wanted to be able to establish myself 
as someone who is a leader. And so that's something that um, is that apex that I'm still chasing, being able to demonstrate myself as someone that people can trust, that they can confide in and that they um, have expectations to lead them. And one that I'm still chasing is uh, I've been, because of all the responsibilities that I have, I've, I'm, I'm busy. And, and so for me, uh, well, I'm sorry, for one that I've already accomplished, that was a question. So one goal that I've already accomplished has been um, just really getting, uh, I wanted to be more of a, a family person this year. And when I say that is, you know, this is the first full year that I had a child, uh, which comes with a full new set of responsibilities. And so being able to balance fatherhood being a husband and also my professional duties. Um, I feel like I've done a good job, obviously, you know, not perfect in any area, but certainly feel proud of how I've been able to progress as in all of those areas over here. You're right. No one can be Heathcliff Huxtable, be home and deliver to all those babies. That is the, you know, pendulum that swings back and forth for men that say, hey, I want to be in my purpose, but sometimes it may take you away from your family. If you can drop a gem on how you were able to communicate that with your family and keep that balance. Well, you said it is communication. My wife and I talk, we, we set when we did our vision board, we talk about what goals we had for our marriage and, and we wrote what our theme was for our marriage um, throughout the year. And in that theme was incorporated communication. Uh, we believe and, and we firmly have demonstrated over the year that when you have effective communication in any relationship, but certainly a romantic relationship, then you will be able uh, to accomplish a number of things. And so me being able to communicate with my wife and my family about what uh, my goals were, what uh, responsibilities that I had at work were, um, the time commitments that uh, they had. And, letting them know kind of where I was and what was going on enabled them to feel at ease and, and knowing that um, we had a set schedule for things. So that was what helped me a lot. That was a gem right there in itself. A lot of people do not come on the show and talk about how their wives or their unions created themes for the year that they were going to stick to. I remember my wife and I had a theme called with or without meaning we were going to push forward with or without the proper resources. If we had it, we still push forward. We didn't have it. We still went out and chased it, but it required some certain, th certain things from us. You being a biblical man, like you spoke, do you use affirmations in order to continue your journey to make sure you stay focused? Oh, without question. I have one right here, right? I'm a big sticky note person. Okay. And you go to my computer and my office, where it's, whether it's here in Columbia or whether it's in Charleston, you will see different affirmations. One right here is be present. And, I'm, and that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to be present in everything, whether it be my marriage, whether it be my son's life, whether it be um, in my client's mm. life, whether dealing with the law practice, whether it be my constituents and my duties as a legislator, I wanted to be present um, in all the roles that I serve in my life. And I felt that and I still believe that if I'm present, then I can be my most effective self. I love that answer because I struggle with that. I struggle with trying to find success in the next thing so much. I forget to be present in the work that I've done or in the moments that I have. I'm always and I wanna, and I, yeah. Well, I agree with you and I've struggled with that a lot. I don't want to you know, suggest that it's been easy. It's a work in progress and it's still a work in progress. But um, I try to remember 
you know, what I set out to do, the goals that I had and, and try to stick with that. So here we are, you're five years old, your mother, she gets on you about a dream that you had, some words that you spoke that she wants to bring to the to the table of the universe so you can live this journey. You're on this journey, you're being a husband. Tell me how early did you yourself start setting goals and motivating yourself? What was that moment you said, I'm gonna write a goal and I'm gonna achieve it? I, well, I'll say this, I've always, as, as early as I can remember, I've always been a self-motivator. And I think I've, I've been that way because of the circumstances by which I grew up in. You know, mm-hmm. it always motivated me to see myself in a different place. Um, but as far as when I started to have goals and, and set them, um, I would say probably, you know, early high school, um, you know, that's when I had the, the maturity to really understand, okay, what is it that I want to do? I understood what lawyers did and, and I understand and understood the goals that I had academically. And so that, that's really kind of when it, when it happened. So academia. If you can give a gem on how to balance your academia with your immaturity and you wanting to have fun. Oh my gosh, it's tough. I'll tell you, you know, because I, I had a lot of fun in high school. You know, I was very immature in high school. You know, that's just natural. That's natural. You know, you're, you're 16, 17 year olds, you know, what else are you going to do? You know, everybody wants to have fun. Um, but I also remembered why I was there. Mm. And I remembered what it was for and the ultimate goal that I had down the road. And so I knew that I had no choice but to get through and, and do well. If I wanted to, to go out to college, if I wanted to go into law school, then I couldn't goof around and have too much in front in high school. Um, you know, I felt like there had to have been a balance. And so that's what I was able to do. And I had some good teachers that were around me that really encouraged me and, and got me involved in different organizations that kept me on on the straight narrow. See, that's the interesting thing for those listening right now. If you have kids or you're coming up yourself, if you have a plan, that's easier for you to remember why you're there. That's right. Getting lost in the sauce happens to everyone, but if you have it written down, you know why you're here. Now, you mentioned to me that you self-motivated yourself. You took yourself places in your mind to self-motivate. Were there any books that you felt saved your life or elevated you that you'd like to share with us today? elevated for sure one of the first books that i read that really jumped out to me was a book on johnny cochran and i was uh i I think i had just finished high school or my first year in college right around that time 2007 i I read a book because i said you know i want to be a lawyer let me read about one of the greatest civil rights lawyers that ever existed and so i read about him and it just opened my eyes to a world I was able to finally see for the first time um, what I could be because I never met a lawyer. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. meet a lawyer until was my second year of college, but it was through that book that I could see myself in his shoes. I felt like I had met him because of the words on the pages. They jumped out at me and they captured me. And I believe that's what really set me on the path to where I'm at now. That's amazing. So many of us don't think to go to someone who is top notch in our field to look at their technique and style and detail. Like we can watch someone do something, but are you really diving pedantically into the details to understand what it really takes to be who you want to be in your mind? It's very, it's very strange, but here we are now. You're an Esquire, D1 
district house 113 husband father moving along affirmations being present you have your books and everything you read a lot you help people every day but all of that tell me what have you sacrificed oh that's a heavy one um I will say the sacrifices um, in order to be where you are, to be where you want to be, you're going to have to go without. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to um, deprive yourself, if you will, of some of the pleasures of life. Mm -hmm. And so um, I've had to sacrifice albums and sacrifice some fun. I've had to, to sacrifice, um, and, and this isn't a good sacrifice, but you know, I, I've sacrificed health in a way. I wouldn't recommend that to anybody. I think your mm -hmm. physical fitness and physical health is as important, if not the most important thing you can do, because you can't do any of the other things that you want to do if you're not right. good physically. Um, but there was a point that um, I was approaching burnout and, and constantly doing things, but not taking care of my body. And so that was something that I sacrificed. Um, but there are a number of things. You, you've got to be able to to know what you want to do and, and to be a discipline in order to stay on that track. And so I certainly faced those um, as I um, went throughout my own journey. We had a friend to the show, Mr. Samuel Williams, who talked about discipline over motivation. But what you're talking about right now is you're so engulfed in your purpose, you forget to eat, you forget to sleep. You just keep on going because you think you're almost there. Yes, tell, 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 tell us right now about the, you just told us about the importance of physical health, but how do you recognize when to say, hey, I need to stop right here. It's not going to go anywhere. It's still there. I can get up and reach for it tomorrow. When you start to see it affect you in other ways. For me personally, it was, I was constantly fatigued. You know, I was falling asleep, um, and, you know, at random times. Uh, people, friends of mine, felt like I had lost weight and they said, hey, you don't look the same, you know. You start to feel down and you think, okay, this is starting to take its toll. I need to do something about it. It's okay if I just put it away and relax my mind and get to it tomorrow. It will be fine. I can relate to that. I worked some, I worked four jobs at one time and for, for a long period of time, anytime I had to go somewhere that was festive, the first thing I would do is go to sleep. So if it was a family dinner, I'd be in the corner sleep. I never got to enjoy anything else because I was always working towards a goal of being financially free or just being stable to support my dreams. But I ask you this, I want to ask you about your lowest moment. And not just about any moment. I want about one of the lowest moments that you got that you got up from. This is for the people right now who are listening and saying, how do I get myself out of this lowest moment? And how do I figure out how to get back up from this self-motivating purpose? Um, I'll, I'll go most recently. I've had, you know, most last summer, um, I faced a real tough re-election for my house seat. And um, there were a number of things that were out there that was said that really got to me mentally. Mm. Um, and it had me in a real dark place. Um, I started going to counseling after that. And I just felt, I felt useless. Um, I, I didn't feel um, mm. like being around anyone. And, um, 
you know, I, I thought about our purpose. I thought about my family and I thought about why I was here. And I, I thought about how that God said that, um, you know, life wasn't going to be without its challenges. He just said that it was going to be well worth it and that there was a reward in the end. And so I had to think about what that reward was. And so that's what was able to, to get me off the mat and, and keep me going. I love this show because when men speak, there are always A to B situations that you guys constantly use that you don't understand or see it until we talk, right? You just said, why am I here? You use the same recipe again, but first everyone, you have to have a plan. You have to have a goal to understand. If you're just walking around not knowing why you're there, you're forever gonna be knocked down by anything. That's correct. Absolutely, I appreciate that. Let's shake up some of that. Ooh, that, that tough energy. And I got some fun questions for you now. What have you procrastinated on and why? <laughs> Jeez, oh, well, um, so the one thing I, I can say, I've, um, I'm supposed to be working on this. Um, it's a way for me to organize my life, uh, something that uh, my therapist gave me. And uh, I just, it's been months since I've been, I'm supposed to be working on it. I procrastinate on a bunch of stuff. So, you know, that, uh, you know, it's, yeah. So that's one that I can think of. And why I just, I'll get to it at some point. You know, that's how. <laughs> We're in a world where therapy is so super accepted and imposed on everyone. Please give people a glimpse of how important it is to self-love and self-loathe and understand that you can talk to a professional about yourself. Yeah, I'm gonna start by saying this, man. There's been a, a large stigma that um, that men don't need therapy, especially black men, right? We're supposed to be strong. We're supposed to be dominant. We're supposed to have thick skin. We're not supposed to exhibit any emotion. Um, but the reality is we deal with trauma. And, and most of us have not been able to, you know, have not known how to deal with that. They have not known how to process that. And it's shown to be toxic in how we um, love and how we deal with relationships, handle relationships and how we deal and interact in society. And, and it's been detrimental to so many of the loved ones around us. Um, I, I encourage it. Um, Self-care is important. You've got to be here mentally. You've got to be able to love yourself and be able to, to motivate yourself before you can do any of that to anybody else. Um, you've got to take care of you. You've got to be able to take care of your physical health and your mental health in order for you to be the best version of you possible. You can't get to any of your goals if you're not there. Listen, I understand that 1000%. I'm not a scientist, a lawyer, a therapist, but I will say, when you carry around trauma for too long, it, it balls up like a muscle in your body and it stays oh, yeah. there and you got to work it and work it until it releases out of your cells and out of your bloodstream so you can be a whole person again. That's it's like right. peeling back the onion. That's just my opinion. I never studied it, but that's how I feel it can come off in the body since we retain so much energy and knowledge and information. This question right here is very interesting because I want to hear what you have to say because you've done both. How important is it to leave where you're from to develop yourself to where you're going? It's important. It's important. Um, I, I will say that with a caveat that I feel like all roads eventually lead back home. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm, I'm from Charleston, born and raised, went off to Columbia, to college and law school. And I needed that. I needed to grow. I didn't need to, to stay where I was at at a high school 
um, it wasn't going to be good for my maturation or anything like that. So I needed to be away. I needed to become a man. I needed to grow. And I feel like I was able to do that. But there was a calling back home for me to serve in a different capacity. And that's why I feel like God led me back to North Charleston to be a state representative and to be in public service because I needed to get those skills um, in order for me to go back and, and help folks and, and help my people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, You know what? A lot of people, all roads lead back home. A lot of people end up back home and don't know why, but you want to acquire those skills to grow your community. Sure. It, it's very difficult because, you know, some of the stigma is sometimes your home can bury you because they don't understand what you acquired in skills. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't go back. This question right here I like to ask on the show is very intrusive. So if you don't want to answer it, it's okay with me. But if you do, give it a shot. It's like a, it's a two part question. So here's the first part. What was abusive to you that you thought was love? Okay. What was abusive to me that I thought was love? Dang, that's a tough question simply because I'm trying to, you know, I've, I'm fortunate that I haven't had many abusive situations um, disguised as love in my life. Right. Well, um, well it, it don't have to be physical, be mental. It can be, hey, I love to have a, a drink every now and then. And I was like, that was really not helping me. Like anything of that narrative, whether it's low or high, was something that at the time you were doing it, oh, this is all love. But when you look back and through your maturity, that wasn't good for me. Yeah, I will say, um, I had a lot of poor influences uh, when I was in high school, college. Uh, right um you know you want to hang with your friends you want to be with your, your boys and, and through that um you make poor decisions um you, you engage in activity that you probably shouldn't engage in and you realize that um they were more so enablers of your bad activity um and that wasn't going to do much for your growth as a person so it takes a certain level of maturity to step back and say, hey, listen, I've got to fight for my own future. Um, you know, it's clear that you guys don't don't care about what I've got going on. So I need to do something. You know, it's not just high school and college. That's that's adulthood when people have dreams. Yeah. It's just, oh, yeah. I get when you, you, you want people around you to support you, but they are completely sold out on who you are right now. They don't want you to change. Correct. Because there's more work there in the friendship. How long did it take for you to accept that, to actually make that decision? Oh, it took me a while. It took me a while. But at some point, you gotta you gotta let go and, and move forward. But things had to. I would say things have happened naturally in my life. You know, the people in my life are, are people that are going to uplift me, build me, um, and and the things that have happened organically. You know, the people that aren't uh, they had this for a reason. You know? No love lost. Um, you just, you know, we're moving in different directions. And at the end of the day, you gotta be the man that you're supposed to be. And that Move, takes me over here. Yeah, moving in different directions is a great way to put it. Cause when you have tunnel vision and working on your purpose, it kind of weeds out everything that you need to have. The only thing about, you know, when you have people around you who don't uplift you, you have a muscle memory, you're used to them. So now you have to really change your muscle memory, change how you react. And that's a really a wealth builder right there. That's a great gym. Right. Now let's have a little fun here. Just a couple more questions and I'm gonna let you get on your way. Cause I know you're doing a lot of great things in the community and I don't want to take away from that too much longer. I got you. Did you ever get a sex talk? 
who or what gave you sex education? So I'll tell you this, the streets. I never got, I, you know, I mean, you know, again, I grew up in a single mother household. Yeah, so exactly. Mom was, you know, her, her advice to me was pretty much don't get anybody pregnant. So that was as much of a sex talk <laughs> as I was going to get, you know, so that was pretty much. Why do you mind. think, why do you think we get those kind of sex talks? Do you think we can change that in the future? We now know that we need to have these real talks, especially everything is sensationalized with sex. All you know, over. I would say you, we've got to, man. You know, that's why I believe father figures are important. You know, that's something I'm going to stress upon my son. I feel like I would have been, um, certainly could have matured a lot quicker being able to have that kind of male talk about what's out there, just in general. Mm -hmm. You know, what's out there, the pitfalls as relates to sex and, and, and everything involved with it, you know. Um, it's just uh, something that we don't have a conversation with. And so, you know, I'm learning to hang around my cousins or hang around your folks. I'm like, all right, you know, like, hey, listen, you know, trial by fire, you know. What is, what is some of the things they used to tell you to pick on you? Like, hey man, you jump off the porch yet? Like, I want to announce my first book, 10 Most Effective Ways to Reignite Self-Love. It's a deep reflection and deep dive into yourself, how to make yourself better overall. Check it out. It's available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook. If you want more info, email me at solutionsformen at sheen1.com or the author at sheen1.com. Let me know. You can RSVP one if you like. Now back to the show. Like, man, everybody's happy. And I was at 13. And I was like, okay. So Everybody. when I got to high school, you got to think it was even more pressure to just, like, you know, you, you hang around your cousins. I got, a, you know, I had a lot of guy cousins and, on one side of the family. And so, you know, we were all around the same age and that's just all you talked about. And so you were curious <laughs> and you wanted to, to get active. Was everybody really active or was everybody lying? Because sometimes you just don't well, know. Oh yeah, people, you know, and that's, you know, that's one of those things I don't really know because a lot of folks are putting on fronts for sure. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah. Should there be a basic training program amongst men, like a level of education, skill traits given out? I'm talking outside of the church, outside of the school system, outside of the We got to start talking with each other. Men have to build men up. We have to be able to be a support system to each other and have these kinds of conversations. Um, it, it starts with us taking responsibility and, and, and recognizing the role that we play in society and owning that and doing something about it to help the next generation. I know that one, I can have an impact by impacting my son's life right. and, being, and hoping that in turn impacts, um, you know, people down the road. So it's going to be very important. Do you see yourself represented on television and entertainment as the person that is promoted, like your character, who you are as a man? Uh, not really, but I mean, we know that television and entertainment isn't necessarily geared toward that. It's like you said earlier, sensationalizing things. It's about what gets viewers and ratings. And so what gets viewers and ratings? It's, you know, um, the absent father, you know, or it's the, you know, the abusive, um, the abusive husband or the, you know, the, the boyfriend that's out here doing all kinds of stuff in the streets, you know, and so it's, it, you know, the way I've always had a problem with the way black men are portrayed in, in movies and in TV and in media, uh, because it preys upon stereotypes that are already out there about us. And it doesn't take into account the ones, you know, the, the fact that there are a lot of men out here that are doing well. And so when, when young men see that, that's what they think that's all that is to black men. And so we've got to think about, you know, we've got to be able to promote um, 
black men doing things and, and, and being fathers and being husbands and, and doing things that are going to build up our communities. You know, highlight some of the folks that are, you know, that, that are doing things who are in office, or, you know, who are doctors, who are lawyers, who, who are um, electricians, people who have construction companies, people are doing things um, to help their community. So. People that's are doing rant. things to help build the land. Hey, that's a good, great rant. That's a great rant. Now let's get into the husband talk really fast here. <laughs> I want to poll you. I want to know the top three things you want in your woman. Now, I preface this by saying there's one thing I always think about. I hope you say, but it's all up to you completely. Your answer. But what are the top three, three, three things you want in a woman? It's important. So... Um, <laughs> I want to be able to, to talk to you, um, you know, uh, and I think about what attracted me to my wife, you know, the fact that we were able to have good conversations. Um, I think about um, a woman that I can, I look down the road. And so for me, being being smart and being intelligent and being instinctive and, and having the ability to, you know, I want somebody that I can build the life with, you know, someone that's going to, help me as much as I help them in that, you know, we both recognize that we're in this together and um, it's us against the world. And so that, and, um, you know, I just, I, I, um, I look at how my mom was growing up. And so I've always just wanted a woman that um, this has always been um, loving and nurturing and caring, you know, um, I'm not a person that believes women need to be domestic and so that they need to be in the house and 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 doing all the things, you know, but you know, my wife knows I like to eat and she likes to cook. So, you know, I like the fact that she can throw down. So, you know, that's, all, that's hey, always good. Hey, check this out. Listen, the one thing I'm always looking for for God to say is intelligence. And you said it. First of all, I love the fact you said intelligence, love, nurturing, communication. I ask you this because I love the fact you said intelligence. A lot of people often leave that out, even though it's, I think it's very important that you have an, a, someone of intelligence to incubate and help you grow. But how much are you trying to understand communication? Are you familiar with the five love languages? And I'm familiar with them and I'm, I'm getting better in that area. That's something that my wife and I talk about. She read it, I'm reading it now. Well, I haven't started. That's one thing I need to talk about procrastination, right? You know, I, 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 need, to, I need to read that because she said she wanted me to read it ASAP. And so, um, but yes, communication is very big. I feel like we can, you can be talking past your partner if you don't understand what's important mm. to them. You know, mm. What are their keys? So that's why I think that's a transformative book because it's, it's it hits on so many points, right? You know, right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as a husband, now this subject, this, this answer is subjugated. So you can answer any way you want, but if you, you have to pick one and you have to tell me why you picked it as a husband, would you rather have a great woman or a great wife? Because a great wife is already going to be a great woman. And uh, she comes with, because there are a lot of great women in this world. That don't mean make them wife material. And so um, they're the the intangibles that make you wife material. And I think that's um, what's important. Absolutely. Now, if you were going to an award show for all your great work in the community, would you rather have father of the year or man of the year? I would. I, if there's anything that I want my legacy to be, 
Um, I want my long lasting legacy to, to, for people to know that I was a great father. Um, the most important thing that I can do on this earth is to leave a legacy and to father um, children that are going to impact this world in great ways. And they know that they had a father who loved, who cared, and who poured into them as much as he could. So that is the most important thing that I can do in this earth is to be a great father. I think, you know, I look, it, it prized me. I was watching um, an interview that Tom Brady did, and he was um, talking about his father, and he just broke down crying because he was just talking about the impact that his father had. And he said he's the most important person in his life. And I said, I can't wait. I want my son to talk to me, talk about me like Tom Brady talked about his father. You know, that's that kind of pride you have knowing that you've impacted someone that to that level. So without question, a great father. That, that was an amazing answer, sir. We got one more question and we're going to get ready to wrap this thing up. But I appreciate you. Validation from your partner. It's like you win a championship when you meet the right woman. But Mr. Pendarvis, I ask you, are you defending the title? Are you competing with the best versions of yourself to make sure every day you're putting pressure on your wife to say, I got to keep up with this man? Always putting pressure on myself. Uh, no, put the pressure on her. Put the pressure <laughs> on her. In what way? In what, in what, in what you, you looking fly, you getting up, you eating right, you doing the things you need to do to make her say, oh, yeah, you know yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's important. That's important. I got to keep up with him because he, he's out here Listen. elevating every day. But well, that's the well, that's what's important. I think you have to, you know, it's important for you to always date your spouse and you know, and, and always find new great reasons to love them and to care about them. And you know, keeping yourself up, making sure you're doing, you know, they see you you doing it like okay, because that's how you motivate each other, you know, and it makes you want it makes you want to be better. And um, it's a it's a wonderful thing when you are there. I came up with something called operating at 100%. And what I mean by that is I took five categories, purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. Again, that's purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. And I gave them each 20%, totaling up to 100%. <laughs> and what I do is I take a weekly summation of how much hard, how hard I've been working, or you can do daily, but it's purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. 20% purpose, 20% health, confidence, money, and knowledge. Purpose means you're working in your purpose, doing the things you need to do the right way. Health means you're meditating, working out, exercising, doing the things you need to do, praying. Confidence means you're doing without any fear. Money is you saved a little money, invest a little money, or spent a little money, and knowledge you took in some new information. So, Mr. Pendarvis, I ask you, within the last 24 hours, how much of 100% have you been operating out of? I mean, I have the highest expectations of myself. And so I feel that I'm only, I would say 50%. I'm only operating half of what I feel like my capabilities are. Honestly. So, oh so yeah, I, I, I'm, I, listen, if there's anything about me, I'm, I'm not gonna, I will be, I will always acknowledge uh, my shortcomings, so. You know. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Let's try to get this up to 80. Think of the man you'd be at 85, 90%. Oh, I agree. I mean, I feel like if I'm doing this at 50, listen, watch out for the man at 100%. Oh, listen, Ooh. you know what I mean? That, that, that's a dangerous brother, you know? And listen, so. I, this, this dangerous brother right here always told you that you were going to be a bad brother. I told you that since day one. Well, I appreciate that, brother. I thank you for the time that you've allowed me to have on your show. And I hope that your listeners were able to gather something and, and take something away from you.
Absolutely. And first, I want to thank you, sir, for being a part of the show. But you are now a member of the Silhouette Boys Club. It is people like you who help people like me shine that come out the shadows. Now, before you go, we love to get referrals for the show. Is there anyone else, any other man you would love to come on the show to answer these questions and drop these gems? I've got several. There's a, there's a colleague of mine, Jay Moore, who I think would be helpful. So reach out to me by email and I'll give you his information. Absolutely. Before you go, would you like to say anything to anyone else in the show, what you're doing in the community, how they can help you or follow you? My in my email address is info, I-N-F-O at MarvinPendarvis.com. That's M-A-R-V-I-N-P-E-N-D-A-R-V-I-S. I'm out. I'm about, I'm out and about. I'm doing what I can in the community and reach out by email. You can go to my website. You can subscribe to my newsletter. Um, you know, Facebook me, tweet me, Instagram me. I'm out. For those listening, you can reach me at solutionsformen at sheen1.com to be a guest on the show, or you can listen on all platforms, Clubhouse, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Let's connect as soon as possible. Let's get this going. Before we go, we end with a quote from Dr. Miles Monroe. True success is not measured by how much you have done or accomplished. It's not compared to what others have done or accomplished. True success is what you have done compared to what you could have done. In other words, living to the maximum is competing with yourself. It's living up to your own true standards and capabilities. Success is satisfying your own personal passion and purpose in pursuit of personal excellence. So question of the day, question of your life, are you maximizing your life? Mr. Esquire, we thank you for being here today. This has been Solutions for Men. Peace and blessings. I appreciate you, brother. You be well. Yes, sir.